Do you believe in UFOs, astral projection, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full transmediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? If there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. Welcome to the Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast, found on the web at www.lunchcrew.org and wherever fine podcasts are streamed. giant Twinkie size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell them about the Twinkie. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, It's been a while. Welcome back. Well, hey, everybody, this is uh, this is our, our friend Mikey standing in for uh, Brandon, who's on, on assignment right now, bringing you the freshest uh, of freshest stuff for the Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast. Um, Mike, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm 41, a uh, family of four, dog and a cat, and I'm a gamer. <laughs> welcome mike so I mean, thank you. yeah well is that your christian mingle profile as well i mean what's going on <laughs> it's a, plenty of fish is grinder what, what's the farmer uh the farmer one uh i don't know but i feel i should know this as much farm simulator. yeah <laughs> oh my was that bad no that was great that's great uh it it gave us something to 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 to, to work with to laugh at later yeah, maybe that. So, no, really, um, Mike, how long have you been playing games? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I, I feel like I cut my teeth on the Atari. <laughs> and then shortly after the Atari, uh, my parents bought a ColecoVision Ooh. with an Atom computer add-on. Oh. So the, the story behind that is, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it probably was like somewhere in the 82 to 85 range. Uh-huh. They were selling Cabbage Patch dolls. Uh-huh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It was like all mine. the rage for like one Christmas, right? Right. And my parents wanted to get me a Cabbage Patch doll, uh-huh. and they did. His name was Dan Nolan. I still remember that to this day. Yep, yep. But to get it, they had to buy like a ColecoVision. It must have been like some kind of bundle thing. And in that, they ended up buying a computer too because the Coleco had an add-on um, computer component called the Atom Computer, A-D-A-M. And it was cassette tape-based oh, yeah. computing yeah, yeah, that you yeah. hooked up to your TV. Yep. Much like, I think, like the Coco and the TRS-80 and stuff yep. at the time. Our Trash-80 had the same thing. Yep. 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 So that's where I cut my teeth, playing like Buck Rogers off of uh, cassette tape mm-hmm. on that Atom computer. Six and, and a half hours to play three-minute game, if that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then shortly after that, they got me a Tandy 1000 TL2. Uh-huh. Way past the age that a Tandy 1000 TL2 should have been bought. Yep. Um, it should have been like a 386 or 486 at that time. Oh Dude, wow! Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize how similar because yeah, I had a Tandy 1000 well into the 90s. Yeah, so it was about 93 or 94. I think we finally got into the, like the 486 486. TX2. Yeah. yeah, 
and uh, got like a legit like for the time frame legit PC to start playing games on with a voodoo card. Yeah, well, that was later. It got added onto it. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Monster. I didn't realize how similar our our gaming histories were because that that now you probably had internet way before I did. Uh, high speed internet. No, no. Well, no, internet. Dial-up. We're talking about the 90s. Internet. Yeah. So I had an interesting scenario happen where I had a teacher that was involved in an AT&T kind of learning community. And he saw interest in myself and another uh, person who's been on your podcast before, Dustin. He was able to get us Vax dial-up access to a local university. Oh, wow. So Dustin and I got involved in dialing up to this university using, um, trying to remember what the big terminal program was at that time. The N3270. No, it was, uh, it <laughs> was remember, a dialer for, for, uh, you remember what TN3270 was, right? Oh yeah. 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 yeah the green yeah. screens for yeah. uh, the mainframe. Mainframe. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe I remember that. It's been 20 plus Mike and I used to work together. Actually, actually that's how we met each other. Uh, we, we worked for a, a steel company and they were moving away from mainframes to um, an Oracle database. And they probably and... still are to this day. <laughs> yeah. And the TN3270 was the terminal emulator. So that I don't remember why it popped into my head the other day. So I'm just thrilled as punch to be able to bring that up. I still use uh, a Mac, o, Mac OS X terminal that is configured like a green screen from uh-huh. that era. It's too yeah. big. I, I configure putty that way. When yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I did. Thing, yeah. I did putty with the the amber monochrome. Oh, oh. See, mm-hmm. I do green for sure. But uh, as I was saying, like, uh, so we had dial up access to this fax at a university, and we were using like Gopher, and um, mm. I'm trying to remember some of the other like just plain FTP downloading from Usenet using uh, UU encoding and stuff mm-hmm. to read wow. encode things. Wow. And, uh, you know, we only had one phone line at my home. So I was constantly like getting bumped off because my parents would pick up the phone and be like, Michael, we need to make a call. Get off the phone. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd have to like get back in and start that six hour download again. But but we amassed quite the collection of uh, text files for the time, like Call of the Dead Cow and. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Twenty six hundred magazine and uh, things like that uh, between Dustin and I, and we would, you know, kind of uh, collaborate with our collections and make sure, like, oh, well, you got that one. Let's trade for this one and upload them to the local BVSs and stuff. <laughs> nice. See, now that's where where our similarities diverge. My my parents, um, uh, my dad was technologically savvy. Uh, but he had he being an engineer and he was working with a bunch of guys whose kids went apeshit with dialing up long distance charges and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my dad's like, no way, absolutely not. So it wasn't until I, I got to college that I had, and they had a fat fiber pipe, one megabit, um, that <laughs> I could absolutely figure out what the internet was. And, and it was, uh, it was pretty much chat rooms, um, back then. So, yeah. All well, right. well, Pat, if you remember, it was like well into the Battlefield 1942 era before I ever got broadband. Were you still on dial-up when we worked together? I was. I uh, was. 
the at the apartment. I until I got my second apartment, I did not get broadband. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. And we had land parties at your house at your first. We had land parties, but we never had broadband internet until I moved into that second apartment. That's right, because that's why we went to work to download the new the new builds of uh, of Tac Ops and and Desert Combat. Ah, that's right. See now, yeah. that's right because I I moved to uh, the town I moved to because it had broadband, it had cable modem. Uh, yeah, it was AT and T at first, and then uh, yeah, that's right. Because we were sitting there downloading it. And Missy's like, "I've already got it." Just yeah, and, and then when I got like uh, broadband, it was just Verizon DSL seven hundred and sixty eight K, one hundred twenty eight K DSL, uh-huh. which right. was I mean, it was way better than dial up but it was still slow as far as like broadband went for the era. Now, now to put this for, for those of you listeners who are not completely tech savvy, basically what this is like is we're talking about cars and, and we were just talking about having, you know, a little four cylinder uh, car that's previously, that was dial up four cylinder. Then, then I went to V8, you know, and, and work had V8s and stuff like that. Big, nice, big powerhouses. And then Mike's like, well, you know, I had to get the DSL, which is like a V6 or maybe a high-tuned V4, you know, the, the whole deal. So that's basically what this comparison is like, is that we're talking about getting more powerful, more and more powerful vehicles. And, you know, now, now I, I basic, I have, uh, <clears throat> it's like a jet engine that I have. Yeah. Yeah. You got a Batmobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. It's, it's the, great. Uh... So, and you know what would never, well, it worked for land parties because you didn't have to have always on internet connections to play your games back. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Back then. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yep. Yep. That is true. That is true. Well, okay. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Mike, about uh, what qualifies you to uh, uh, be a part of this world famous podcast? Ah, here you go. Have you ever played Blood and Bacon? I have not. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if that disqualifies you or makes you... <laughs> more yeah. i didn't know where you're qualified. going with that. yeah yeah, yeah not, well i think, really sure I think the fact that you know i've hosted land parties and i've been to many land parties uh-huh. including with you guys uh-huh. uh, i kind of feel like that gives me some cred right yes yes it certainly does actually that's why uh it's absolutely why i thought this would be perfect to have you step in while uh brandon plans his revenge on jim uh i'm sorry is on assignment speaking of uh, that could be an assignment. I, I know we had a, a, an old bit where we talked about gym stories. Well, I have one for you. Oh, and bring, it's bringing it back. I, I believe you guys actually know this one. He talked about it. He has talked about it. But he recently, this is for the listeners who have been asking, uh, Wes, for gym stories. And mm-hmm. actually, Wesley's the one that I work with Jim, but Wesley was the one that let me know what happened first. J- Jim had somebody drive a car into his house. Yes. Yeah. Almost through his living room window. When um, when they were sitting in their living room, yeah, if I remember when correctly. Was, yeah. And, and <laughs> the thing was, the vehicle was a stolen van with no brakes and a gas tank, uh, which was basically like a five-gallon jug or something like that of fuel in the backseat. Um, and guy didn't make the turn and just plowed right into uh, the wall. Um, I'm assuming drugs and alcohol may have been involved. Possibly, uh, when when Jim and his, his his son stepped out of the the house to figure out what was going on, the dude was fleeing from his car. Saw them when when Jim called out and proceeded to chuck a reciprocating saw at them as he fled. As oh you wow, when you're fleeing, what? 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> needless to say, that night it was like 14 degrees, and all they had was a tarp over the hole, and uh, it was a little cold. However, this is a great story because uh, insurance took care of everything. It's a rental. The insurance took care of everything, and they got their hands on probably one of the best uh, contractors and carpenters that they could have. The guy did amazing work, matched everything the best he could, uh, just just fantastic. And so while uh, it did drive Jim nuts to hear the sound of all the power tools and everything while he was working, uh, they did a fantastic job. Now, the problem with that is, is that now that the, the living room was all made up nice, Jim started looking at everything else in the house and was like, oh, I need to update this. So that's what he's been working on. That, that seems very Jim, though. Uh... You know, oh, this is nice. I gotta make everything match. Rumors of it being Brandon driving the vehicle is completely unconfirmed. If uh, <laughs> if you remember from some of the show notes, uh, uh, Jim has a habit of shooting Brandon with BBs, so usually in the back of the head. So when you say Jim's doing updates now, mm-hmm. are you saying he's updating like his electronics, like need a bigger <laughs> TV, or because well, like the one of the later podcasts that I'd listened to, uh-huh. it was talking about Jim and a sound system <laughs> and a TV at like prime day. Yeah. I'm not allowed to talk to Jim about buying stuff anymore. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, his wife gets really upset if he buys something and she's like, you've been talking to Patrick again, haven't you? No, no, I, I, it's, it's, I have awesome power. And with that awesome power becomes incredible responsibility. He um, is getting a new uh, 3D printer, though, I remember. That's not a new 3D printer. He already got that. What he just purchased, and he's so excited about it, and he already told his boss that he's probably going to be sick on Friday, is he's getting a new uh, head of the printer, the heating element, that allows him to put in five different filaments to do oh. colored prints. He's so excited about it. Um, like five uh, at one time? Yeah, five. Well, yeah, that well, previously... Right. Yeah, so it's like one of those old uh, clicky pens that had like the red and the green and the blue yes. and the black. Yes, yes, okay. yes. It's a very exciting, actually, as a 3D printer enthusiast myself, I'm extremely jealous. But no, by updates, that's like painting the kitchen, putting down tile, uh, updating the bathroom. And, not the and, fun stuff. <laughs> well, it not to him. No, not the fun stuff. And and I basically told him, well, I didn't, I, I didn't say anything to him about it, but... It, he told me it's a rental, but he really likes his landlord and uh, the landlord is really good to him. So he's like, you know, I'm just going to do it and, and go from there. Maybe, I I don't know. I don't know if he plans on saying, Hey, you know, I did this. What do you think? Whatever. I don't know if there's, well, guys, uh, we've been absent for a while and uh, we're recording this in uh, late December and I don't think it's going to be out till March. (laughs) Late December. That's me, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. It's February. So if you hear this in, in April, you know we're holding up to our standards of releasing content on time, topical. Yeah, I think it'll be up before that. So what have you guys been doing uh, for your holiday break? Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody at once. Yeah, sure. Uh, Ken, how about that? I'll pick up you first on the list. Oh, so what have I been doing? Um some work sounds uh, like you've got a cold yes i i do have a cold Were you in um, asia recently uh no but i did go to a bar with all the corona i could drink so uh-huh. um yeah no uh not really doing anything much significant um been you know gaming gaming back to some old favorites like city heroes homecoming 
servers and stuff like that. And uh, um, because uh, one of our mutual friends, and I can't remember his first name, the other one of the other Canadians. Uh, Brad? I think that's it, yeah. So I noticed he's playing Star Trek Online still, yeah, Slash, Definitely again. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I was like, oh, let me, let me reinstall that and see what that's like again. So um, mostly that, mostly work, mostly not working, you know. Uh, I think you can appreciate that. A lot, a lot of the time I spend, though, I'm not working. I'm just busy not working, nothing in particular. It's a hard work. Yeah, hard work doing nothing. Very zen of you. Sometimes it is, actually. So, so uh, Mike, how about you? What have you been up to? I know, granted, you're not normally on the show, but since uh, since the holidays, what have, what has been happening in, in your life? Well, I was able to walk again shortly before Thanksgiving. Which is considering awesome, considering how bad the spinal injury was. <laughs> no, I was coming off a broken leg, so... Uh, I was about three months uh, non-weight bearing on my right leg. Uh, got back to work uh, in mid-November and had a lot of stuff that had piled up since August and uh, had a lot of things to clean up and try to get rolling before uh, we went into freeze for the year at the company that I work at. Uh, and right about that time frame, I picked up Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And, you know, I didn't mention this earlier, but the Call of Duty 4, I think it was, mm -hmm. was probably one of my favorite games mm -hmm. from like 2008. Uh -huh. So picking this new Call of Duty Modern Warfare up, it seems to tickle that same pleasure that I had from Call of Duty 4. Mm -hmm. And I've been playing it like a maniac, like nice. literally every night, three to four hours doing dailies and getting, you know, XP and stuff. Uh, so the, the, I think it was the first season just finished and I got every single ribbon, got all the levels and finished the battle pass that they had released for season one, uh, in that time frame. So, and I'm now working on season two. So the, I know the earlier call of duties, they were, they had like very strong single player games. Does the most recent version also do that? Or I think that's most of the modern warfare things is primarily a multiplayer game now. And it has been for a very long time, but I mean, is there like a good, there, there's player? a, there's a single player mode. Yeah. And I think there's also like, you can do co-op with it. Okay. So you can kind of play through the single player with other players. Okay. Um, but it's, it's like, it's like one of those games, like where you're on rails kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so you kind of know, like if you've played the single player, like what's coming up, but it does have a single player aspect. I I don't know like what time frame it takes up. I would say it's probably less than eight hours of your time, but there is an aspect that ties into the multiplayer side of like why the maps are the way they are, uh, because it ties into that single player like okay. um, campaign or whatever. Yeah, okay, they actually use it as a narrative then. Yeah. Yeah. PC or console, Mike. PC Master Race, man. All right. Well, I know you've got consoles in the house. I do, yeah. So, yeah, we um, have every console. So so work and gaming, basically, is what, what's been going on with you. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, doing some uh, some Cub Scout events uh, just recently for Valentine's Day. Uh -huh. Since, uh, you know, we just... Isn't a Cub Scout event how you managed to uh, break your leg in the first place? It was an adult Boy Scout event that I broke my leg at. There was no children listening to me scream and cry. 
Is this like some nudist event? Or... Yeah, adult? Oh, That's a very interesting uh, an, statement. An adult leader. Uh, oh, week. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it was an adult leadership like weekend oh, okay. for training. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was really sure. good of you to volunteer to do the first aid bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they so definitely you... got their uh, their skills signed off for that year. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, for me, I I had uh, two two very important things happen. First and foremost, I had my first kidney stone. Uh, oh, yep. That's yeah. a. Yeah. Uh, I hope to never have one, but I hear it's a uh, uh, not a badge of honor. What was that? A uh, sign of uh, transition to adulthood or seniorhood? You start getting your kidney stones. First, okay, so let me tell you, I went to. For, okay, I was. I don't remember what it was. Shortly, it was December eighth or something like that. And I'm working. And the next thing I know, I am curled up in a ball on the floor of my basement. And just like I've 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 had some severe pain previously. And uh, this was this was incredible. I, wow. It was it just took the, the wind right out of my sails. And I was like, wow, that's terrible. And, and so uh, Missy came home from work, drove me to the hospital. I was pacing in so much pain. So I go into the thing and wait for the doctor. And I'm like, you know what? I, I got to go use the bathroom. And I went to use the bathroom. And I'm not going to get into detail, but, you know, it was a it was a full bathroom service uh, that had to be done. And I walked out of there, you know, a few minutes later, feeling better. And the doctor wow. comes in and I'm like, man, I feel better. I, I didn't pass the stone, mind you. I, I, I yeah. So okay. just I, rearranged I it enough. For yeah, I rearranged everything. He's like, oh, you have a kidney stone. I'm like, what? He's like, you have a kidney stone. I'm like. But I was like fully expecting to have, I don't know, like tongue something cancer, worse. you know, something like yeah. that, something crazy. Because Google, you know, you, you Doctor Google's like, yeah, it's cancer. Uh, you know, you, you're gonna die. That's terrific. Thanks. Um, somebody's like, yeah, it's just a stone. Here's some medicine and here's some uh, 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 some painkillers. And I'm like, okay, great. And so didn't feel bad at all for the rest of December. And then from January, I'm sorry, no, that's not true for the next couple of weeks and then it came back and just oh man so from from december into the end of january i had this pain and it wasn't until the end of january where it finally went away and and, and let me tell you something it was incredible just how nice it is not to be hurting anymore so that's that's basically what my time off has been and then uh we decided to renovate uh my wife got a huge promotion by the way and we decided to renovate our upstairs and put a ceiling up uh and put a floor down and redecorate and it looks amazing by the way i've seen the pictures yeah we we i lucked out and i found a guy who buys from a wholesaler i live in the pacific northwest so wood is like super cheap he buys from a wholesaler cuts it himself tongues and grooves it and then sells it, you know, like 70 cents per linear foot. Um, and I got a bunch of uh, blue pine. Now, blue pine is basically wood that has been killed by beetles. Now, this stuff was infested with the beetles, and that turns the wood blue. But they hadn't quite died yet when the, um, the when forest fire. Man. No, the forest fire pretty much uh, killed them off. So I've got all this wood, and it looks, it, it, learned so much, bought all sorts of different things to do it. And we're pretty much done with the renovation for the one room i just have the rest of the ceiling to do and then i have to seal it up so that's what i've been doing 
gaming wise i really haven't been doing much in the way of gaming video gaming but i have been playing um uh, dungeons and dragons with my friends so i took a small break from one group and the other group we've been meeting once or twice uh, uh a month so it's been it's been a lot of fun so that's what i've been doing well patrick have you uh have you snagged an army this month Apparently, February is Snag and Ormy month in tabletop gaming. Oh, oh, is that to bring some a normal person into gaming and introduce them to gaming? Exactly. Yeah. You, you take your tabletop gamers, or you go with your tabletop gamers, and you bring friends and family over to the dark side and start hobby gaming. They, too, can learn how to worship satan I, <laughs> I live in the pacific northwest i don't think there's such a thing as a normie around here and actually to be honest with you i don't think any of my friends don't play out here people so you know i i i have not snagged a normie yet it would be actually like uh well that would be crude to say that one but that'd be like trying to find a needle in a haystack out here um it, it'd be very difficult there's <laughs> It's, you know, Seattle being uh, uh, what it is, and Olympia and Portland, it's, uh, yeah. No, that's a great call, though. So if you're a gamer, snag yourself a normie. And we'll extend it to March because that might be when you actually hear this podcast. <laughs> or April. <laughs> April, whatever. You know what? It's never too late to snag a normie. That is absolutely correct. You should always take your friends if they are not into it. I've never actually tabletop gamed, so... I guess I'm I'm just waiting for somebody to grab me. Hey, next time you come out here, buddy, you're my normie. <laughs> next time right. you come out, we will play, and uh, you will definitely we'll pick a game that's that's you know we'll set up a bunch of different types of games that you can choose from, uh, from the old standby of Dungeons and Dragons to some gothic horror like uh, Vampire the Masquerade to uh, science fiction uh, dystopia like Paranoia. Is that is that any of the games that we played, uh, Ken? down in florida or any of those considered tabletop games i'm trying to remember what they were like was it werewolf uh yeah well yeah so we played we didn't play werewolf when uh so uh, for those that are wondering we had a, a, a our our social circle had a little retreat um uh, every every now and then we'll we'll get together in in the real world and basically hang out and, and have a party so we'll, of course we'll we'll end up playing some you know games of some sort there right so uh no so uh patrick when we were at your place we played werewolf and i don't think you were you there for that one mike no i was not okay um so no i think we played like uh spyfall um a couple other similar games but yeah those are more board games um so they are actually kind of i would say they're a good bridge between a traditional board game you know like life or monopoly or don't whiz on the electric fence mm -hmm. to um don't whiz on the electric fence. Yeah, Sorry. thanks. <laughs> claw, claw. That's right. For those of you not in the know, that from Ren and Stimpy. Yes. Um, uh, because, they, uh, and there's a lot more of that uh, board game, social game, like Werewolf or even Spyfall, where it requires you as a player to try and get in the mentality of uh, what the game is trying to purvey because you're trying to create... Uh, social answers to other real people i usually call them lying games because that's what they're based on is basically how good can you lie to someone uh so some of these games some and there's not like uh 
uh, what is it? Um, mm, this is gonna this is gonna hurt me. Diplomacy. Oh, yeah. Diplomacy is the epitome of a lying game, oh, but that's yeah. also the game that you play with people you never want to talk to again. Yes, that from is what me. I hear. Yes, um, I've played that game. Wow. Yeah. Why? Um, why is that? Uh, be, so the, the basic game is very risk-like, right? You have a board game. It's kind of designed to mimic like a World War One kind of area uh, scenario, right? You're all people in charge of European countries, and you're trying to you know, accomplish your goal, which is usually dominance of some sort, right? And, uh, but the game is designed, hence the name Diplomacy, to basically wheel and deal. So, of course, if you're wheeling and dealing in a game and you're trying to get the best outcome, you're going to end up lying to people and you might have to invest a significant amount of time building that trust with some, with another person. And it's, uh, it's not unexpected, but if you spend four hours trying to build trust with someone who's your friend and then you end up betraying them so that way you can win there's going to be some residual uh, oh, yeah. feelings after that oh, so that's kind of where the whole diplomacy uh gotcha. you know, never play with your friends or people oh, that you want to keep yeah. with friends comes from it is the game to play in high school when you are playing with your uh, uh your not your civics your political Yourself? science class oh yeah 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 i think we had completely different high school uh experiences there again <laughs> right you know never mind um so anyway yeah so that's uh that but uh yeah so a lot of those games like like werewolf like uh secret hitler even uh they are kind of the more there's game there's mechanical game rules that you have to follow but everything else is on the, the impetus of the player to manipulate the other people that are at the board so in my opinion role-playing games your traditional like Dungeons and Dragons, and yeah, there's you know, I'm I'm hitting a dragon with my axe or whatever. So those are the mechanics, but everything else, the storytelling is all entirely up to the the players at the the table. So yep, that's that's a really great way of uh, describing the difference uh, between them. And and there are you know, diplomacy allows you to build a character uh, for your country. Uh, so yeah, I mean there is a little bit, but there, it's way more structured. Uh, where a, a role-playing game is a little more open-ended and, and you're put into a role either as a player or as the storyteller, DM, GM, whatever you want to call them. And and then you, as a group, tell a story using dice and rule sets to continue that story along. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 you're my normie, Mike. All right. And uh, just by the way, I do like the genre name, Lion Games. That's probably perfect for like the secret Hitler and some of the spy games and stuff that we had played. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, it, did you, you've played werewolf, right? Mike? I, I can't remember if I have or not. If I, I, if I have, it's been a long time ago. Did you, did you have to like close your eyes and then some people revealed who they are? Well, actually secret Hitler is pr- very much the same mechanic. Yeah. Okay. So. You've played secret. Yeah, Hitler, that's why so. I think I yeah. might be getting the two confused. It's that genre, that genre of, of secret, whatever, uh, you know, that they're all very similar games. Uh, so yeah yeah if you're familiar with that it is just like a half step away from that to a role-playing game so because you play a role and that's what you're kind of doing in the secret hitler werewolf vampire uh secret whatever games the lion game so mike do you play you have you have uh uh one or more childs right i do i have a uh, 10 year old boy and a seven year old girl okay hold up He's 10? Yeah. 
right? He's closer to being out of our house and in college than he was when he was born. Uh, <laughs> he's 10. Yeah. Yeah. Children are the worst because they tell you just how much time has passed. I know, he's man. When? I think the last time I saw him, he was four. And you want to know what the scary thing is? He is a carbon copy of his mother and his father. I was going to say, has he used Sharpies on the wall? And have you had a shovel to the head yet? No shovel to the head yet. The day is coming. <laughs> the Both children are very prolific uh, artists. Or an artiste, as he likes to tell us. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yes. Um... But yeah, Sharpies, paint, whatever, toothpaste, all have been on the walls, floors, tables, whatever. Each other. Anything they can use. Yes, exactly. All right. So that's perfect because they're they're both of them, 10 and 7, are at the age. Do you play video games with them? So we, my son is a very much so into Fortnite. Um, it's like the, if you are not playing Fortnite, you're a social pariah. I'm I am so sorry. Yeah. Well, I, mm. yeah. Go on. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so he's he's really into Fortnite. Does he does he floss? He does. He does all the dances. Okay, that was just about to say yeah. flossing is a dance. Yeah. So he plays uh, Fortnite with his. Uh, I think it's you can play four people in a squad, right? It's kind of yeah. like PUBG, uh-huh. but PUBG was around before Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very, very precise statement. That was, I'm glad you tossed it in there. Yep. And so PUBG, for those people who don't know, is Player Battlegrounds Unknown or Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Player Unknown is the guy who makes it and he made the Battlegrounds. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's all in caps lock for some reason, that too. I don't understand. Yeah, why. it is. It I is. Did. Yeah. So, so he's got a posse of buddies. Yeah, all the kids in his class, they all uh, joined up together on Xbox Live. So they know when, like, one's on, they'll tag the other guys to come get on and play. And they play and yell in their headphones, and they sound just like me. I was going to say, this is so exciting because it's like the next generation of us. That's awesome. Okay, It really is, but when you're watching yourself... Yell at the TV. You're like, do I really sound like that? I don't sound like that, do I, honey? Yes, honey, you do. I could absolutely see your wife's reaction where she just looks at you with that look on her face and says, Yes, yes, you do. Yep. Yep. I could see. Same, cut from the same cloth. Absolutely. Uh Uh Uh, But one of the nice things about Fortnite is it's cross platform. Oh, yeah. I have PC, he's Xbox One, my daughter plays on the Switch, and my wife joins us on PS4. So we can actually play in the same game as a squad together on, uh, you know, four-person squad in Fortnite, all together on different platforms. Now, now here, here's what I would say to that. You are on PC, so why aren't you schooling the rest of them? You know, it, that's a good question. Um, part of the reason is, is I'm not really into that game as much as I have been other things. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. when I play, it's just here and there. And it's to be with them versus to yeah. be with them. Got it, got it. Exactly. And 
it's the building aspect that Fortnite added in. I can't build like these kids can. They do yeah, it so quickly. fast. And it's, uh, you watch them and it's just like button press, button press, and they've got a fort, you know, or yeah, they, they they've got, a, they, they've yeah. got like concrete walls that you can't shoot through. Yep. So, so for the people that don't know at home, uh, when you are playing this game or in your car or in your car, yes, or on no, the you toilet, shouldn't, you shouldn't play video games when you're in your car. Unless you're not driving. Oh, that's true. Well, even if you have a self-driving car. <laughs> but we meant those of you listening at home or in your car um... or on the toilet. Yeah, so the Fortnite game has a, a, a characteristic that allows you to build uh, barriers if you're getting shot at. Or you can build ramps to get up to things that you couldn't jump to. It's a It's a different aspect than what a lot of the more adult-oriented games have. Um, yeah, as far as I know, that's the only game that you can build things in. I'm not sure shooting game that you can build things in. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I again, this isn't a, a genre of games. The battleground genre is not one that I really got into. Um, I mean, I did like PUBG when I I, I played with the group, but now I, China I number one. Yeah, I I don't really I don't really know much about that genre. Now I know. Brandon loves it. So when he gets back, we'll have to ask him uh, what, because he plays Fortnite all the time. In fact, he may actually not be on assignment. He may have been lying to us. He might be playing Fortnite right now. So <clears throat> we'll have hey, to he ask him. He could be him. playing on his phone. We'd never know. That's true. That is absolutely true. Because it is, it is truly like one of the most cross-platform games I've ever encountered. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't even remember. I think it's Unreal Engine. Ken, do you know? Yeah, yeah it's it Unreal. Is. Yeah, and that ports to everything. So, but all right. So your your daughter, what is, is she a Fortnite for fan as well, or what so she, she will join up with her brother's squad if there's not a foursome, or if he's letting her play with him and his buddies. They're pretty good about letting her join in, even though there's like a three year age difference. So that means um, she can hold her own. Yeah, she's not bad for seven years old. That's I, I'm pretty impressed. Um, but she will also play um, DS, like she has Cooking Mama and some other, uh, I would say, more female geared type games, like uh, Racing Horses and Unicorns and stuff like that. She's not uh, a Pokemon fan? Um, I don't know that they've either one has ever delved into Pokemon. Well, I got to tell you, the newest Pokemon that came out on the Switch is very enjoyable. It's a great entry-level game to the to the world, if it is something you think she'd be interested in. Well, I think there's an aspect of that game that would be really interesting in our household, because isn't there like a sibling mode where they can do something in the background for the person playing? That, I don't know about the most recent one, but the one, Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee, that one does. And in uh, okay. fact, is way more enjoyable with two people playing. Gotcha. Way more enjoyable. Because uh, Missy and I played it and had a blast. Um, we picked it up. Two of our friends had it, and they both they you know they both have a Switch, and they're, they're playing it together. You know, they're they're in the same room playing the game together and, and basically going through the game roughly at the same pace, and they're having, you know, because there's a, there's, a, there's a grinding aspect to Pokemon. You know, you, mm-hmm. you want to You've got to go up. collect, like, Pokemon and get right. them to and train fight. and everything, right? Right, so there's a little bit of grind there, but 
But if you have a second player with you waggling the Joy-Con, which is the, the joystick controller, um, and playing in the back, you get experience points out the wazoo. The first day we had it, we completely surpassed our friends who've had it for like three weeks. Really? Yeah, it is. That, that is very interesting. It. Yep. It, it makes it so much more fun. It becomes more of like a party game. And uh, it just, it, uh, yeah, yeah, well worth it. Well, so a, lot of, a lot of the things they enjoy is like my son will get a 3D Mario Maker and oh, yeah. either like take like things that he's seen on YouTube and like recreate them or he'll make his own and then make us try to play the, yeah, the yeah, like yeah. impossible levels that he makes. Well, be like, you, well, you got 99 Marios. Why can't you beat it, dad? Well, you know, you know something. They don't let you publish that level until you beat it yourself what that i means, did not know that yeah but what that means is that you need to get on youtube and figure out how they do the little secret warp that allows mm. creators to create the impossible worlds and then warp to the end now don't tell him that i told you this <laughs> so just figure that out and blow his mind that is you're true you're that welcome is true. he will like that yeah dad yeah 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 so uh um, let me think here. Do you, do you, uh, uh, Ken, do you, do you remember playing games with your, your parents? Cause my dad played games with me, which helped really cement my fascination with video gaming. But was there, was there anything, uh, you know, that your, your, your parents did, uh, that made you know, um, yeah. well, so when we had our Commodore 64 and going you know, bringing it back to what you guys were talking about at the uh, the, the beginning of the show, I I was running my Commodore sixty four until like ninety two. So. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, uh, so I didn't play games with anyone else on my Commodore sixty four. Uh, but there was the whole here's a copy of the compute, let's type it in together. Oh. Uh, you know, back when you had to do that or and that kind so of stuff. Never playing games makes... together though. Uh, I played yeah. games a lot with my brother, of course, because uh-huh. we were. Oh, okay. uh, there's a three year difference between us. So is he younger or older? Older. Okay. So, um, so are you talking to like like Byte Magazine or something like where they had programs and you would type them in? Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, so interestingly enough, though, there was a. Uh, at the when I was a young person, uh, probably like eight or seven or whatever, there was a uh, friend. Uh, there was a guy in the neighborhood who he was a college age kid, and this can go in like a whole like dark alley if I just leave it at that right now. But it's not. He was actually really cool. But he had, um, you know, he had like slot cars. He had uh, an Atari, not a twenty six hundred, but one of the other ones that was out early in the eighties back then. Um, and stuff like that so we would hang out at, with them because like my mom would come over and they do a tupperware party so we ended up having basically hanging out with this this guy kind of um but uh you know we ended up playing games with that so there was a, a, a an adult role model if you will as far as that but it was not uh, my parents so um so a lot probably a lot of my gaming i picked up from that and of course you know it was the standard i'm a kid i'm playing with you know, Star Wars action figures. And, oh, wait, there's a Star Wars Atari game. I got to play that, you know? Yeah, I don't remember, like, my family ever really playing games. Um, Maybe, like, when the Atari first came out, they, like, okay, let's hook this up and play Pong or whatever. 
but I can never remember like my mom or my dad sitting down and playing video games. So that was always like a, they looked at that as like, that's a kid thing. Right. Um, never got up like in the middle of the night and caught them playing like Atari <laughs> or ColecoVision yeah. or, yeah, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, but I do remember very distinctly, um, you were talking about slot cars. I remember my dad built me a slot car racer, like thing that folded down from the wall on like this huge piece of plywood and playing that, like we played like that kind of stuff together. Um, he was much more of a, like a mechanical kind of guy. So like his game was always pinball. And I nice. can remember going to like, you know, older restaurants or something that maybe had like a pinball thing, like in the, like a side area where, and the kids may have never seen this, but they used to sell cigarettes like in machines. Oh yeah. Like, and they were like always being, open, like totally accessible. Yeah. As as like, you had a buck 75 and quarters, you could buy yourself a cigarette. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, pizza hut was always one that I remembered having. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, cigarette machines and usually like a miss Pac-Man, Mr. Pac-Man combo thing. But right. every once in a while, you'd find like an old pinball machine somewhere. And my dad was all about the pinball, man. He nice. absolutely loved pinball machines. You know, that's that's a really, really great segue because Missy was also a pin, is also a pinball fan. And um, what's what's really interesting is that when we did the renovation upstairs, we talked about getting, you know, an old arcade cabinet and a pinball machine or something to put up there. First and foremost, pinball machines are really expensive. Yeah. Um, really, really expensive. And um, it is absolutely, though you can't shake that, like you're saying, I mean, if you walked into a room and you saw a pinball machine, you just, the feelings flood back to you of every single time you watched either a loved one or you played uh, a pinball machine. Um, so that was one of the things that we talked about for the longest time. But what, And then we started, okay, we can't afford... Uh, pinball machine even though if uh i gotta be honest uh attack from mars um is an amazing pinball machine yeah which makes my wife laugh um but we decided well, okay i, I gotta ask why, why does it make your wife laugh okay <laughs> i mean i oh, played it it was actually probably one of the pinball machines that i've spent put the most quarters into quarters as into. a teenager you'll absolutely but... understand what in just a moment mike i gotta apologize for for grabbing this and, and running with it but on the machine, there are a couple little rubber uh, four-armed Martians. And mm -hmm. when the attack happens, when whenever you key yeah, the attack, shake around, they right? shake around, they jiggle and wiggle, and that just makes her laugh. Okay, okay. all right. I can she see loves that. it. She just absolutely loves it. So we were, we, we were, okay, we can't do a pinball machine. If you're lucky, you can find like one of the ones from the 70s, just like Mike was saying, next to the cigarette machine. Um you know that the old all no magnets or anything it's all the old gears and, and belts oh, wow. and everything yeah you can find those for fairly cheap uh, but still very expensive so we started looking at the coin up things and we're like oh wow we could get an old mr pa or, uh old pac-man tabletop or we could do this or that but it's still very expensive so we started looking into um uh a mame cabinet which uh, is, we've talked about these before, uh, an emulation cabinet, which basically, you know, you you have a machine that allows you to operate ROMs, which are the files uh, of games that you legally own and play. Now, let's talk about the legal side of it. In 
the United States, it is illegal to share ROMs. It can be argued that if you own a cartridge, like say a Nintendo game, it can be argued fair use that if you take that cartridge and you pull the ROM out of it, and then you can play it in something else because you already own it, that's fair use. It's never been pushed, but you know certain companies have very clear statements. So the basic idea is if you own it, you can play it. With that said, I own a whole bunch of video games. So with that said... <laughs> Lots and lots of them. Me One of too. The things, yeah, isn't that amazing? One That's of the crazy. Things, how many games I own that I want to play on one console in the corner of my room. So one of the, the the things that we decided we're going to do is we're going to figure out how to make our own thing. Now you can you can get you can get an old PC and then build your own cabinet. You know you could do it for a couple hundred dollars, or you could buy a pre made cabinet for four or five hundred dollars or you could you know go and find a an old cabinet and retrofit it to be what you want it to be a lot of things you can do what we decided we had an old tv and we went on to amazon and they sell these things excuse me called pandora's boxes and what they are is they're you basically get your six or eight button joystick combo you get two of them and you get the little pandora's box which runs the roms and it's it's kind of a closed uh walled garden type deal where you only have uh, the ROMs have to be deconstructed in a specific way to be able to play. What that means is that there are different versions of the software to run the, the, the ROMs um, and it's incremental and there's family, blah, 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 blah. So there's a couple of ways you could do this. I got the Pandora's box, which had the things built into it. Mike, I believe you said you have a retro, yeah, I have a Raspberry Pi running mm-hmm. uh, RetroPie, mm-hmm. which is, I believe, the emulator that the games play on. So the the OS for the Raspberry Pi is Raspbian, and then you load this uh, emulator called RetroPie on there, and then it, you can play Atari, uh, Commodore, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Nintendo 64. Um, there are limitations to the yeah i feel like the 3ds like on some of them is like really bad because they don't have hardware in them that can emulate even what those older systems had in them to do 3d right um but i I feel like i've played like super mario uh 3d for nintendo 64 on that that particular platform and there's actually uh things for the wii that have come out that uh you know, that works on the retro part. The thing is, is that you have to make a decision when you decide to build a main cabinet about what you want. Do you want the, you want the old style stuff? That's great. You can pick anything and the old style stuff will work. Um, or do you want arcade games only, which is pretty much what we have uh, with the Pandora's box is just arcade games, which I own, uh, you know, and then there's, um, you know, then you want one that does a little bit of everything and which is more the retro pie, which can do most of those things. Plus, you know, some arcade games. Thing is, is that you have to know what you're looking for before you start down this road. Well, the retro pie is more of a, like a homebrew kind of thing anyway. Right. Um, what I find probably the most difficult is going from all those different systems as your input controls. Oh, yeah. and, and I think that's like maybe what you're getting at is like the inputs uh, if Not, you pick all arcade, you can kind of standardize on what your input controls are, right? 
Not necessarily. It actually has to do with the software and whatnot that runs the emulators themselves. Um, okay. Like the RetroPie can handle, like you were just talking about, may not be able to do Nintendo 64 all the way across. Um, you know, the Pandora 6, you actually have to hack to, in, in, to be able to run the, the other emulators. Now, just so you know, it's absolutely legal to own an emulator. So um, the thing is, is like the arcade, the arcade is where we were coming from, where, where Missy and I were coming from. And there's a there's a few games that are are considered the holy grail. Um, any of them that are four player games, because of, again, they, like you said, inputs. Uh, a lot of these systems have troubles handling the multi inputs, which is just by the nature of the environment, the ROMs are written, etc., etc., etc. Is there's a lot of interesting. We could go in depth breaking this all down, but at the at the, the, the executive level of it is is that. Two players, great. Four players, or three or four players, kind of gets wonky. So there's a couple of games that are the 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 holy grail, which is Gauntlet and Gauntlet Two, um, Rampage. Nice. Uh, oh, Rampage is a good game. Golden yeah. Axe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because they're four player games. I don't think yeah. Golden Axe is a four player. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it was. And then there was uh, a couple others like uh, Smash TV, which used joysticks. One moved you, one fired, and there was so there was four joysticks that you had to use. Big money, big, big prizes. prizes. I love it for like whatever. It. I'll buy that for a dollar. You know, well, it, it was fact, Golden Axe uh, one of the? Um, was it 3DO? Genesis. Ooh. It was a Genesis game. Genesis. Yep. It was the why, launch why title f- on the Genesis. Because I remember, because in the arcade, you know, it starts up in the beginning, and the guy says, "Rise from your grave." And yeah. then, so the Genesis isn't the same as the Neo Geo, right? No, no. The Neo Geo was the like Neo Geo was like really popular when yeah. they were able to do that on RetroPie. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Neo Geo was the closest to arcade level graphics and everything uh, for home users, and yeah, was, oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, and so, but. The Genesis, the, yeah, I was going to say, the reason why I remember the Genesis is that the, the very clear rise from your grave from the arcade became on the Genesis. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. All right. So, yeah, and that's that's only reason why I remember that. Um, so, but anyway, yeah. So to go to the arcade side of it, looking for those Holy Grails, that's very difficult. And then once you realize that there are different generations of ROM quote unquote dumps you've got you know 0.067 is like one of the earliest versions of main emulation out there and it only has like games up to 1992 or something like that and then there's each iteration up goes further and further and adds more capability and everything but you still have trouble finding four player games such as gauntlet gauntlet 2 rampage and uh various others mind you well there's all kinds of roms out there that are just trash like yeah well you gotta they just don't really work and i i think they were put up on like um usenet for people just to be able to get their ratio up or something because you'll get them and there's literally like nothing in them yeah it, it, it part of it also is is that you know some of the dumps aren't you know, you, you you pull it, you get the board, you pull the dump, and you don't you don't really know how to test it. You need to send it out there for someone who knows how to rip it apart, uh, uh, put the configuration files together to run on the emulator of choice. Um, that's why there's so many different versions out there. It's very complicated, but at the same time, if you have like say a Pandora six, you know uh, what version of Mames you can get. 
uh, if you have a retro Pi, you know you can't run anything out of the version mm -hmm. that the retro Pi can handle. Um, you know, there's so the PC, you know, doing a PC version is probably the most robust way to do it because you can add extra. You could do the four controllers off a of USB. You could do uh, light guns if you really wanted it. But then, you know, by doing that, you start escalating the amount of cost, you know, to be able to just, you know, have a machine. So you got to, you got to, you, you balance the idea of, all right, what is my goal here? Is it to play retro games with my kids? Is it to remember what it sounded like to walk into an arcade and hear boom, boom, ba da da, boom, boom, ba da da, you know? And so, and then cost is a part of it. And it's, it's just a really interesting thing to get into that, that retro feel. Um, and of course, nowadays you can go and you can go to uh, a Best Buy and pick up a tiny little box that looks like a Nintendo Entertainment System or an Atari or a Sega Genesis or any of that and just plug it in and you've got 100 games from your childhood. So, you know, which is pretty cool. I have to is. say we bought one of the uh, Atari and it looks like an old Atari. It has the same like controllers and everything with the joystick and the one button. And, you know, it's not the same like playability like the old ones were but it is very refreshing to fire up that little guy plug it into your tv over hdmi and actually it actually work you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's all it's all instead of cartridges and rca to coax connectors yeah and yeah 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 things like that it's all like on one chip that will never like break on you you never have to blow in it to get it to work right exactly and then you know here's the other thing is that walmart was selling um not just those those uh little consoles we were talking about but they were also selling the arcade cabinets the three-quarter size arcade cabinets uh, arcade one up they're called and they had a cabinet with regular gauntlet and that was really rare to find and not only that they also uh sold a three or four player game uh, of, of these different, it's just. So those cabinets were the ones that were, they had like a real joystick, real buttons, but yeah. they were like, you'd put them on like your table. No, no, no. These were three quarter sized, uh, which was basically, you know, just where a normal cabinet's 60 inches tall. These would be like 48 inches tall. And then you could okay. get a riser and where, where the, you have a 17 inch screen inside there and they had the coin returns and everything like that. They are actually pretty cool replica arcade cabinets for two. So what are those, what do those run price wise? Because like I was looking at like the pinball machine that you were talking about and that's yeah. like $7,900. Like, yeah. And, well, that's the, that's the, the, the express awesome version with the extra speakers and all the cool stuff. Like if you just wanted the base model, that's $6,000. Anyway. So, <laughs> Those those run uh, retail uh, for two ninety nine for the standard two player the Galaga Galaga um, you know Street Fighter all those standard games and you get a couple I mean, there's Pac Man and Millipede and I Joust and I think uh, uh, another one that comes together uh, Arcade One Up's the name of the thing so they uh, manufactured suggested retail price is three hundred bucks and then the like the the four player ones or three player ones, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Turtles in Time, and all that, those were like four hundred bucks. Well, after we got the Pandora's Box Six, which by the way, lots of fun. We I went to Walmart and their post Christmas sales 
had these arcade one-up machines for 50% off. Wow. And they had one of the units with Gauntlet in it, which was the whole reason for me to do this, was to get Gauntlet to play Gauntlet. However, when we went back with the, you know, just to look at it, they had gone back up uh, to like uh, 200 bucks. They had gone up $50. Did somebody mark them incorrectly? No, no, it was their post-sale. Uh, they were popular, but they weren't popular enough. And they, reduced, they take up so much floor space, you know. Um, I'm looking at them now online, and I'm really disappointed that they're only doing like one or two games in the thing. There, well, it depends. There, some of the games, they, some of the consoles have up to four games in them, like Joust, uh, Millipede, blah blah blah. So it, it depends on which ones you get. But for for 150 bucks, you know, even just two games, phenomenal. But I don't know about 200, considering that you know the Pandora's box was much less than that. So, you know, so yeah, guys, I you know. I, I I love the fact, you know, my son, he's 19, uh, my youngest, uh, and he is a huge gamer as well. He he plays Destiny, he plays uh, Stellaris, he plays, you name it. He's got a group of friends just like your son does that he plays with, and he'll play anything that they're playing, you know. So it uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to know that the, the the generation oh and and my eldest Wes is looking to build his own his first PC to be able to do more gaming um he's you know so it's really kind of cool to know that uh, that we're passing it along to the uh, to the the next generations of, of of gamers and I know uh Owen he plays you know Dungeons and Dragons with us he's it's a lot of fun so I think, Mike, if you guys decided to start to get down to the tabletop gaming side of it, your kids would definitely, definitely love to be slaughtering monsters uh, on paper. Oh, my, you know, my son, he's really into, uh, like, drawing things and uh, telling his own stories. Like, he, he likes oh, yeah. to, in notebooks, like, write, like, these stories. And him and a couple of the other boys at school trade this notebook back around and they do like their own comic panels <clears throat> kind of like uh george and harold from captain underpants Captain underpants yeah yeah, yeah. so they they kind of do like their same thing uh with their comic and uh it's like awesome oscar and jupiter jaden uh or two of the characters that he talks about all the time so i'm sure that he could get into some pretty interesting storylines with dungeons and dragons so the uh, just kind of as a thought from experience, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I can't, I, actually, if you start hanging around little kids at this age, I think there might be a problem. Uh, that's not what I'm curious about. Um, oh. I mean, gaming, which is not to say I know. Be. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, bad touch. No, uh, I'm no longer Catholic. Ah, uh, um, so uh, no, no. Uh, so I'm kind of curious. So there's like a kind of a weird pseudo renaissance with tabletop gaming, tabletop RPGs, because mm -hmm. there's all these really rules lights, rule light options for games that are kind of more emphasis on storytelling right. uh, versus uh, a lot of well, rules heavy or uh, the traditional uh, grognar definition would be crunchy. Uh, so uh, grognar is just a term for uh, the old wizened, usually grisly person. 
Uh, it has to go back to like ancient French and stuff like that, but it's a very stereotypical term for an older gamer who just bitches about stuff. Um, so anyway, so I, for someone coming from that kind of very uh, freestyle creative background, I, I'm always kind of curious slash wary of them going into like a game system like Dungeons and Dragons and saying, well, I want to do this. Well, you know, here's all these rule mechanics you have to know in order to be able to accomplish that. So I'm always perpetually interested and also, like I said, kind of wary about whether that is uh, a good thing, a frustrating thing, you know, what's, what's people's takes on that. So if, if the, um, if your, your kids do end up, you know, getting into that, I'd be kind of curious. And if you, you need some uh, tips on some more rule light systems that are probably a little more accessible, there's a crap ton of them out there. There's a subreddit for it. Um, but it, are you, know, are you saying rule, rule, rule light or roguelike rule rule rules rules like rules. yeah okay gotcha yeah so i mean right you have all these tabletop role-playing games and some of them are literally in you know encyclopedia britannica 12 volume sets of how to do anything yeah i was gonna say dungeons and dragons is like an entire library full of well, volumes right you know i i, I well, would put dnd firmly in the middle of that scale actually so yeah okay fifth edition is like the entry level version of D. yes there's a lot there but you don't need it all to be able to play the game you can right. like like can you can strip so much out of it and basically state you know um, i mean you, you want to try this a, the die. yeah you, you could create a, a entire wendy's game or a rick and morty game out of that yeah yeah oh, exactly yeah, yeah that's did. been done Use it as like your framework for your right. own story yeah. or your own kind of game. Right. But there, there are a lot of people out there who play fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons with their kids. Um, kids as as young as your youngest, um, to be able just to present the story. You know, and and as they get more into the game, and there's a lot of YouTube stuff about this, as they get more into the game and as they want to do more complicated things and tell more complicated stories, more complicated rules are introduced for them to understand you know and and you know it, it, it instead of you know you kill a skeleton and you get 50 experience points instead of saying experience points experience points experience points now you're level two you basically say okay we've done enough of this now they're level two and they can learn the more complicated rules that will happen as you progress in power um you know, and you just tailor the story, and you tailor their ability, and you and you introduce them to uh, the random number uh, uh, gods and that are dice, and and it's it's really kind of cool. Um, I think I'm gonna have to get Jim to uh, 3D print me a dice tower. He'd love it. He would absolutely love it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, of, but... of, of five colors or more. This ability to share with our kids uh, the 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 joy that we get from gaming not even kids because you know i I teased you earlier ken but you know if you had cousins younger cousins or even even younger um people who looked up to you for whatever reason you your well this podcast for another thing i mean i know we reach out to more than just um the three or four people we normally reach out to i know we've sometimes been listened to by others this is our way of of expressing our love for video games both positive and negative uh, to 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 bring more people into it and and uh, yeah I I think we're I I just find it very exciting and the, and the idea of this the main cabinet or that retro machine that you have or the retro pie 
uh, and getting your kids to see, you know, this is how games were when we were kids. Does two things. One, it shows them the stuff we had to suffer through graphically. And two, shows that good game design transcends poor graphics, poor audio, and and gets you uh, to be able to do more and create more. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's great. Uh, so I, I'm, maybe I missed it because I did step out briefly, but those one-up cabinets, have you actually tried playing on one? I'm kind of curious how sturdy they are or you know, what kind of a fuse they can put up with. Or No, I haven't, but I've heard very good things about them. Okay. I feel like I should probably buy a golden tea one and let you guys know. That uh, sounds like your homework assignment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I just would like to point out, would like to point out, I am not endorsing you spending money. <laughs> That's surprising because you're really good at that. Uh, yes. If, but if I've you learned... lived locally, my wife would be doing the same thing as Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why, that's why I'm not saying how awesome it would be if you did that. But I, <laughs> I am saying, um, if you do, let us know because uh, honestly, everything I've seen from YouTube videos to machines themselves, I mean, you put them together, but. I, I, I don't know. I, it'd be, it'd be kind of cool. Um, I wonder what the return policy is at Walmart. It's very good, but I don't know about the return policy for these. They do it on the walmart.com. You can get it with a firm for $37 a month, a 0% interest pay. Oh, okay. System. Okay. Okay. Fin- it's like fin- financial services. Yeah, you, you can finance it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Three, six or 12 months. So anyway, let's, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks uh, for having me. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll probably have you back if uh, Brandon's assignment continues to take him uh, uh, to uh, pestering Jim for longer. And uh, yeah, that's cool. So uh, Ken, I hope you feel better. Uh, yep. Do you guys get any last minute things you want to say before? Uh, uh, yeah, before since uh, it, since Brandon is not here, I feel like I have unfettered access to say Star Wars is better than Star Trek. All right. Uh, okay. do- doesn't uh, Brandon always say uh, Zelda? Yeah, very good. Zelda. Yep, yep, yeah. And the cake is a lie. Uh, so, the guys, cake, the cake is not a lie, though. Thank you so much for uh, joining there, me today. I'm just saying. Everybody, thank you very much for putting up with us while we take our long, leisurely breaks over the holidays. And uh, enjoy the rest of your March. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. is better than Star Trek.